Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is 1 Timothy 1. Welcome to seminary, everybody. That's basically where we're going to be going in our next few stops on our journey through the New Testament. We are entering what are often referred to as the pastoral epistles. Now, what we've been doing for a long time is looking at letters that the Apostle Paul wrote to churches. Well, the next three books, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus, are going to be letters that Paul wrote to pastors. So, these books really give us uh, the most concentrated uh, place where the Bible is telling us what pastors and church leaders should be like and what they should do. Now, hearing that, you may be tempted to think, well, I ain't no pastor. I ain't ever going to be no pastor. I guess I can skip these books. No, you, you shouldn't. Uh, for a few reasons. One, the Bible will make clear, even in these books, you should have pastors. And so even if you ever have to move and need to know what kind of church to go to, these books should be books that would guide you to a, a right church. These books should guide you in your prayer for your pastors. They should inform you on how to pray for your pastors. And these books are telling you what your pastor's goals should be. And guess what? Those goals are going to include you because the pastor should be desiring certain things for his people that we will see spelled out here. And we will need to go no further than chapter one to see that because Paul tells Timothy what he is to do and what he is to point people towards. And, and you are those people that should be pointed towards these certain things. So even today, we're going to see not just who Timothy should be. We're not just going to see who your pastor should be. We are going to see who you should be. And what we're going to see today is that the goal really for every pastor and then for every Christian, the pastor's goal for all his people is that they would believe the right things and that that would re lead to the right kind of life that comes from the right heart. Those are going to be the three things I want you to notice as we go through 1 Timothy. We're believing the right things, that leads to the right kind of life, and it comes from the right heart. Now, we see uh, Paul's introduction. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of our God and of Christ Jesus, our hope, to Timothy, my true child in the faith. So, you see there uh, just a sense of the close relationship that Paul had with Timothy. He thinks of Timothy like a son. From what we understand, Paul was single. Paul didn't have children, uh, earthly children, biological children, but he thought of Timothy as a son, as a child in the faith. And Paul is investing in Timothy that, that he would be a strong leader in the church. Now it says, as I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine, nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies which promote speculations rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. So there we see 
It starts with believing the right things. And the word doctrine there, it's a word that really means teaching. It's a word that can refer to even the body of the full body of what it is that we believe. What we believe as Christians, the teaching that we follow, that is our doctrine. And he is warning him, hey, Timothy, you're the pastor. You're you're leading this church. You need to lead them to believe what is right. You need to warn them about different teaching, false teaching, and you need to point them to really what is the right teaching. And so that's the pastor's goal. The pastor's goal is to make sure the people that he is leading are following the right teaching. So therefore, That should say a lot about you and your goal. Your goal should be, I want to follow the right teaching. And hopefully you have pastors who are leading you to that. But that should remind us even of you being a good Berean, like we saw in Acts 17 in the city of Berea, those people were noble-minded and they would search the scriptures to make sure the things that they were hearing were taught. And hopefully that's what you are doing. You're, you're listening to your pastors and you're looking at the Bible and hopefully what you're seeing is a connection uh, and an agreement between what your pastors are saying and what the Bible is saying and you're sticking to that. You're not going after different teaching. And some of this teaching may be uh, false teaching. Some things that you need to avoid aren't necessarily false, but they start to get into what he describes as myths and endless genealogies. Now, it doesn't tell us exactly what these myths and endless genealogies are, but it does tell us what their effects are. And that's where we should be watching out for anything that has this same effect on us. What the effect is, it promotes speculations rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. So uh, we need to avoid false teaching that's clearly false, but we also need to avoid things that really are just inconclusive and can become a waste of time because they're just leading to speculation rather than the stewardship of what the Bible does make clear. And I think there's all kinds of things that could fit this uh, description. We could think of really trying to dig into some things in the Bible to which we, we just don't know. Uh, the Bible does not tell us everything, but it does tell us enough. It tells us what we need to know to believe in the gospel, to do ministry, even as we'll see, to build healthy churches. It tells us everything we need to know about that, but it does not tell us everything about everything. And there may be things we want to dig into in the Bible that it really starts to lead to a place where we can't arrive at answers because God hasn't given us the answers. And so all we're doing is speculating, and that is actually taking away from our stewardship. Uh, we can do this even um, about things in our world where there's all kinds of things going on in our world and we only have so much under our power to understand the truth or, or to understand what sometimes is really going on in the world. And so if we go down a road where we have no idea what's going on, but we're spending endless amounts of time speculating, that's not a good thing. We need to make the main thing what God has made the main thing, and that is the stewardship from God that is by faith. So you should be someone that knows the Bible, knows what the Bible teaches, and believes the right things about God's and e- about God, and even gives the right place to the central things of 
the Bible. You're not just living in speculation land. You're focused on the clear truths of the Bible. We're believing the right things. But then that leads uh, really to the right kind of living. And that's what you see in verse 5. The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. The goal of what we do learn from the Bible and the goal of having the right doctrine is this. It should lead to love. It should lead to purity. It should lead to a good conscience and a sincere faith, a very real and vibrant trust in God. That should be the goal. So even there, you must remember that having the right doctrine is important, but it is not everything. Because if if believing the right things, being able to give the right answers on a theology test, if it's not leading to this kind of life, well, then what good is it? And we need to be careful not to draw a false dichotomy there between believing the right thing and living the right life. No, biblically, they're meant to go hand in hand. Uh, We need to believe the right thing, and that needs to lead to the right kind of life. Uh, Does your study of the Bible make you love other people more? Does your study of the Bible actually help you fight sin and grow in purity? Does your reading of the Bible strengthen your faith in God and give you more and more of just that simple trust in Him, in His faithfulness, in His Word, and in His promises? That should be the goal of your Bible study. Uh, What the goal should not be is simply filling your head with knowledge for more debates about the things that the Bible doesn't even tell us, right? That's what we see again in verse six. Certain persons by swerving from these have wandered away into vain discussion, desiring to be teachers of the law without understanding either what they are saying or the things about which they make confident assertions. The goal of a right understanding of doctrine is not to lead to an endless uh, road of, of side debates about issues that we don't know, can't know the answers to speculations rather than stewardship. So the goal of Bible study is not to become a know-it-all. It's not to get into all these debates. It's a love for others, a pure heart, a sincere faith. And we got to use the law right. The law is not meant to make us holy and give us a standard by which we can earn our own salvation, right? It's really meant to point us to our sin and ultimately to uh, the gospel, which is what we see in verses 8 through 11. So the goal for every pastor and really then the goal for every Christian is to believe the right things that leads to the right kind of life. And then that's going to come from a right heart. And what I mean by a right heart from the context here is a humble heart. And that's what we're going to see in the Apostle Paul, starting in verse 12. You see him really recount his testimony. And you can see his knowledge of the word has not puffed him up. And your knowledge of the word should not puff you up. His knowledge of the word leads him to say something like this in verse 15. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost, right? He's saying Christ came to save sinners and I'm exhibit A right here, guys. You're not going to find a bigger sinner than me, but I'm exactly the kind of person that Christ came to save. And even Christ saved me to display his patience. How can you know that God is patient? Look at me. If someone like me can get saved, 
Anybody can get saved. And you see that humility there in the heart of the Apostle Paul. And that's a humility that we all, every single one of us should have. So there you see not just what the Apostle Paul was like, not just what Timothy was supposed to be like, not just what your pastor is supposed to be like, but what every single one of us should aim for, believing the right things that leads to the right life that comes from a right heart, a humble heart that has been made right through the gospel. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.